Tyrone, I've often thought about the world, and it'd be a much, much better place if there were more people like moi around. So why can't I just clone myself? Why can't I just, you know, put myself in a, in a like a human photocopier and just... Nah, dude, that technology is a long way off. However, we do clone things every day in the laboratory. What? Yeah. Like, not, not, uh, not humans, though. Not humans. Oh, why not? In this episode, we look at Thermus Aquaticus polymerase. What on earth is a Thermopolyacrylus? Thermus Aquaticus polymerase. That's a mouthful just thinking about it. What? Like, okay, so you got thermos. Yeah. Which is like heat. Yeah. Obviously got something to do with heat and energy. So yep. then uh, aquaticus would be something to do with water. So I'm thinking like underground, vol- like, sorry, underwater volcano sort of sort of thing. And then polymerase. Polymerase? Polymerase. Polymerase? So yeah. Any idea there, Jake? Well... I know a polymer is just a big, long chain. It's a big, long chemical chain of lots and lots and lots of things. But what are you trying to say? It's like a big, long, hot, wet polymer? And like... No, so a polymerase is an enzyme, and this enzyme synthesizes long chains of nucleic acids. Okay, hang on. in DNA and RNA. Hang on. Step, step, step back. What's an enzyme? An enzyme is a protein or a catalyst. Okay. So it's found inside cells. Okay, so an enzyme's found in cells. Yeah. And what what do you mean by a synthesize? Synthesize, I mean building or creating. Okay. Joining things together. Okay, so a polymerase is then a protein that builds Acids. Is that, you, is that where you're trying to get it? Nucleic acids. So the little bits that you find in DNA and RNA. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right, all right. I, I get that. So DNA polymerase and RNA polymerase, they're used to assemble DNA and RNA molecules. So at the bottom of lakes and oceans, there are thermal vents, Jake. Yeah, so they're the things I was thinking about. You know, the big hot water springs, uh, the ones that found in New Zealand, right? You can sit in them and they're nice and warm and yeah. Yeah, so in Yellowstone National Park in the United States, there are hot springs. Mm. And in the 1960s, scientists were studying the distribution of photosynthetic microorganisms. Basically, they were looking at little organisms which were using sunlight as an, as an energy resource. So they're looking at like little tiny animals that were like sucking up sunlight to move around and whatnot. Not animals, but organisms. And they were looking at these organisms... Because they were distributed along thermal gradients, which are created by the outflow of these hot springs. So they've got hot water coming out of the hot springs, and there were spots in the water system that had different temperatures. And at the time, back in the 1960s, the upper temperature for life was thought to be 73 degrees Celsius. So nothing could live and function at a temperature above 73 degrees. That was thought to be the highest temperature that organisms could live at. And these hot springs, they can get pretty hot. Hotter than 73? So if you're telling me, if I was to jump into one of these hot springs, I'd be dead. You get really hot, get a burn. So in around these hot water vents, scientists discovered a bacteria. They thought nothing can exist. There is nothing 
that a little organism, a little tiny little creature floating around in this water, nothing could exist above 73 degrees. These scientists, they found a bacteria which was surviving and thriving. What? And this bacteria was now known as Thermus aquaticus. Thermus aquaticus. It yeah. sounds like a Roman water emperor. <laughs> a Roman water emperor. So this bacteria can obviously tolerate these high temperatures. And as we will see in a moment, it's the bacteria's ability to survive in these high temperatures, which is very useful for us humans. Now, Jake, at the start, you were wondering what an enzyme was. And an enzyme is a biological molecule. So something that is inside biology, mm-hmm. something living. It's a biological molecule that speeds up a reaction without being used up itself. So enzymes are catalysts. And polymerase, which I mentioned at the start, Thermus aquaticus polymerase, is an enzyme that attaches molecules together. So that's the synthesis part. It Mm -hmm. attaches molecules Mm -hmm. together. High temperatures, they normally result in the denaturing of enzymes. The enzyme breaks up and it becomes incapable of performing its regular function. So then it can't be a catalyst and used for reactants. Exactly right. right. It can't do what it normally needs to do. These hot springs, Jake. Yes. Pretty hot. There's bacteria surviving in these hot springs. Wow. And Thermus aquaticus is one of these bacteria. What? Holy. I'm, uh, I'm glad I'm sitting down for that one. So the enzymes, so those biological molecules inside Thermus aquaticus, they're stable at high temperatures, which means they weren't denaturing. And this stable enzyme that we're interested in is called Thermus aquaticus DNA polymerase. That is a big, long mouthful of words right there. That is a mouthful. So it's abbreviated to TAC, T-A-Q, Thermus aquaticus. So TAC polymerase, that's the enzyme we're looking at. The polymerase chain reaction, Jake, it's, that's another long word, polymerase chain reaction. It's shortened to PCR. The polymerase chain reaction, it's a technique used in molecular biology. And this procedure, it's got multiple cycles multiple steps, and it allows a massive amplification in the quantity of short segments of DNA. All I can think about right there was like a biology washing machine, and it's like different cycles and different... Biology washing machine. (laughs) This is the Rayleigh Podcast, shining light on the benefits of blue sky research... You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Rayleigh Podcast. You can also find our podcasts from SoundCloud or iTunes, which we'd already know because you're listening to this right now. The PCR, polymerase chain reaction, it requires high temperatures of about 75 to 80 degrees. But Jake, what do we know about most enzymes at high temperatures like that? Well, you just told me that they break down in that temperature. That's right, they break down. So before the discovery of TAC polymerase, each cycle of the PCR process would require new enzyme because the previous enzyme would denature in the high temperature. But TAC polymerase, it can handle the high temperatures and that allows a much faster and more efficient PCR, polymerase chain reaction. And that means we have a faster amplification of DNA segments which is why TAC polymerase was such a fortunate discovery. Now, this sounds all well and cool, but, I mean, what's where, where are we leading to this? What's the point? Where is TAC polymerase used in the world around us? Is that what you're asking, Jake? Yeah, man. I mean, like, uh, it sounds a bit tacky to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jake, you're asking me what the point is, and 
Rayleigh podcast is all about identifying the point or the purpose of blue sky research. So PCR, it's used in medical and biological research laboratories and it's used for DNA analysis, the detection of mutations, the analysis of genes and the diagnosis of hereditary diseases. It's also used in identification of genetic fingerprints which is used in forensic science and paternity testing. So you're telling me that this little organism floating around in the middle of Yellowstone National Park is now responsible for helping us to detect criminals with their fingerprints to determine parenting? Genetic fingerprints. Genetic fingerprints. Yeah, so inside the body, not just their physical fingerprints. Oh, so like stuff that's inside your DNA. Oh, yeah, wow. DNA. Okay, so I'll start that again. So you're telling me, Tyrone, this little tiny organism, little tack, floating around in Yellowstone National Park is responsible for maternity tests right now. Yeah, it helps us get the enough DNA to do all those tests. Wow. Yeah. That's so, rad. That's cool. That is cool. And these laboratories, they use PCR to clone sequences of DNA so they can use that segment to do their work. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I mean the start... Because uh, we've just gone through this great story about Yellowstone Park and these little organisms. And now, uh, you know, where's this cloning part, mate? Where's this cloning part? When am I going to have a Jake photocopier? A Jake photocopier. That's a long way in the future, like I said. But they're cloning the short segments of DNA. And they're cloning it, Jake, because laboratories want lots of copies of the DNA sequence they are investigating. They want lots. Yeah. Well, how, 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 many lot, how many lots of lots are we talking about? Are we talking like a metric lot ton or we're talking about around 1 billion copies of the sequence that's a lot of copies this pcr technique is so important that a giant swiss pharmaceutical company paid more than 300 million dollars to acquire the worldwide rights for this procedure and that happened in 1989 so the equivalent amount in today's money would be huge and we're not just talking about a uh, a price for a chubba chub here, mate. Like $330 million. That's a bit, especially in like 1989. And so all of this stuff, all the stuff that we just talked about right now was started off by just ecologists poking around in some thermal springs in the middle of Yellowstone National Park and they've discovered something really cool and has led on to this. Yeah, that's now, right. They discovered the bacteria, Thermus aquaticus, living in these high temperatures. And then what was important was the thing inside the bacteria, which is tac polymerase. Now, I hear that one of your heroes, your Spider-Man in shining armor, uh, was involved in this, isn't that? Is that right? So one of my science idols is a gentleman by the name of Craig Venter. He's one of the scientists who was working with the Human Genome Project. One of the cool things that Craig gets to do is sail around the world sequencing or acquiring DNA from lots of different plants, animals and other organisms. Because, as we've seen, the ecologists were in Yellowstone National Park looking at the diversity of the organisms there. They didn't realise until further investigation that there was something inside the biology there that we now use every day because there may be something inside the biology of all these organisms just like tac polymerase we've seen that allows humans better lives craig sailing around the world acquiring the sequences of all the dna of these different 
different living things. Now, all of this is also done in Australian universities and research institutes. The University of Queensland, at their Institute for Molecular Bioscience, they're investigating the Queensland cone snail, which has toxins in its venom, which could be a potential treatment for pain. And not only that, but you've also got the University of Wollongong just up the road that show extracting molecules from seaweed to use it in wound healing. So you've got these, you've got biologists running around taking little sequences from little bits and bobs and seeing how that can better our lives. That's right, because we never know what genetic material will be profitable or will be valuable. That's why it's important to have a diverse ecosystem with lots of genetic material. Awesome. Well, I've certainly learned something today. I've learned a couple of acronyms. Um, you got PRCs, PCR, PCR. That's it. So, I've learned. I've learned something today. I've learned all about some uh, three-letter acronyms like your PCRs, your TAQs, or your little tax. And certainly taken a lot from this. My name is Jake. My name is Tyrone. And this has been Rayleigh Podcast, shining light on the benefits of Blue Skies research. Until next time. Our intro, interlude, and outro is by Alex Barosa, and the title is Spinning.